When Olivia was 10, she considered herself a pacifist. But the poems she wrote when she was 10, they tell a different story. <laughs> I am punching the snow. I am punching the trees. I am punching the rocks. I think I lost my shoes. My brother is going to die before he even knows. My brother told my mom that I broke the vase, so now I'm going to kick him in his face. Thank you. That's Olivia sharing a poem that is light on rhymes and heavy on violence. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Hello, how are you doing tonight? It is very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Winnipeg, we have a family road trip, a very Canadian boy band, and an unusual sandwich recipe. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it can help us understand not just who we were, but who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. Lots of kids keep journals, but our next reader, Susie, she kept two separate journals. One was the journal she kept for school, the other a private journal, just for herself. At our Winnipeg show, Susie shared a few selections from those journals written from ages 7 to 11, and as you'll hear, there was a bit of overlap between the school journal and her private journal. Please welcome Susie to our stage. Wednesday, May 2nd, 1995. Yesterday, my brother went to baseball. He hit the ball, but the ball did not go far enough. (laughs) This one's about turning 10. Today, I am 10. Dear diary, last night I wrote in my other diary, which is not for school, Tonight is my last night of being nine, and I am not so sure I want to be ten because there is no going back. (laughs) Now I know that being ten is not that bad. I don't feel different. I just feel older, but I'm not jumping to any conclusions. (laughs) I went to bed at 9.49. This one was for my mom. Last night, my mom left on her business trip. I said goodbye to my mom, then she went on the airplane. My dad looked a little jealous. (laughs) Dad says he's going to make my day full of fun and to get my mind off my mom, but I still miss her. When my mom was getting on the plane, I gave her three pieces of paper. The first one said, don't forget us. The second one said, but mostly, don't forget me. (laughs) And the third one said, I'll just have a big party. (laughs) This one is about being bored. Last night, I was bored, very bored. I ate supper and was bored. I played with my hamster, then I was bored. 
I went to bed, and I had a boring dream about someone going on and on about a hairbrush. <laughs> I was bored. <laughs> oh, I just love to whine and complain, but don't call me a whiny whine. Let's see. I don't like it when my brother hogs the computer, even when I have homework to do. It really bugs me when the teachers stand by the water fountain and they only give you three seconds to drink. <laughs> I don't enjoy it when Nicola puts her pack sack on my hanger. I dislike it when my mom and dad wake me up in the middle of a dream to start a nightmare by saying, time to go to school. <laughs> ah. I get annoyed when the boys have a fight and I get most of the kicks and punches. <laughs> my teacher writes, stay out of the way. So that is only some of what annoys me, gets me mad, and is just not fair. I still have plenty more, but this is enough. And the teacher writes, I'll say. <laughs> this is about lies. We lie to cover things up. When we say, no, I didn't do that, we think we are off the hook. But when we get caught, the problem gets worse. Yes, I have lied. When I had these red bumps on me, I lied twice. I lied when I stole the doctor's little spoon thing for pulling them out, and I told him I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know. And I lied when I took off all the cream, and I told my mom that it settled in. <laughs> my bumps got worse. It made me feel sore, my bumps got worse, and it really hurt, and I told my mom that I wiped off the cream, and I told the doctor that I hid his spoon. <laughs> it is good to lie if you lie for the right reason. <laughs> like, if my aunt's green stuff that she puts on her face doesn't help her at all, I still tell her you're looking better. <laughs> Those kinds of lies are okay. <laughs> Thank you. Joining us on stage right now, we are going to hear a couple of short pieces from our next reader, Cameron. We're going to hear a Christmas wish list. We're going to hear a fictional story about Christmas. And we're going to hear a recipe for a Cameron sandwich. Please welcome Cameron to our stage. All right, I'll start with the Christmas. Uh, a Special Christmas by Cameron, written in November. <laughs> I waited for Christmas Eve, at last it was Christmas Eve. 
I had a dream that Santa Claus never came because Scrooge put drugs into the reindeer water. That's depressing. (laughs) All right, now for my Christmas list. After I read it, I can uh, let you know what I got because they're all crossed out. (laughs) Books, uh, Canadian Internet Handbook, a really thick book, it's navy blue. Any book on Microsoft Office, not for Windows 95. Any book for Microsoft PowerPoint, not for Windows 95. (laughs) Any computer magazine subscription, preferably a Canadian magazine. Some suggestions are PC computing, home computing and entertainment, computer life, family PC, ellipsis. (laughs) All bold, I don't want any for dummies series. (laughs) Computer screen glare blocker. A keychain to open the garage door opener from home hardware. A gift certificate for practically any store. (laughs) A funny hat from Warehouse One. Uh, Back guard shoe insoles by Dr. Scholes. (laughs) A one a day desk calendar, funny or computer related. A neat kind of Redken conditioner. A new wallet, a nice sweater, a job with good pay, (laughs) and lastly, nice picture frames for 5 by 7 black and white pictures. (laughs) And so I got the Canadian Internet Handbook, I got the screen glarebacher, and I got a new wallet for that Christmas. And here are your instructions on how to make a Cameron sandwich. Uh, You take two slices of bread, five dinky cars, and I'm not sure why we call them dinky cars. I don't know. Uh, One Herbie the love bug, one dog, one mother and father, a lot of friends, one babysitter, one bike, one sister, six Smurfs, Seven Garfields. That ought to do it. And now comes the problem of biting through it. Thank you. When Carly and Lauren were in grade two, they co-wrote a short science fiction story, and they called it Planet Oreo. It was such a hit that the story ended up being published in the school yearbook. And at our Winnipeg show, we were treated to a live reading from both co-authors, Carly and Lauren. Planet Oreo. Once there was a planet called Oreo. It was called Planet Oreo because it was like an Oreo. Everything was either chocolate, cookie, or icing. People ate everything on Planet Oreo. Then, a monster came from Planet Mars. He started to eat everything. A little Oreo named Ollie decided to stop the monster. He didn't have any help, 
So he decided to travel. He traveled from planet to planet to find help. He made a spaceship, and then he was ready to go. First, he went to Mercury, but no one came. Then, he went to Uranus, and one person came. running out. <laughs> then he went <laughs> to Venus and four people came. <laughs> Ollie said, this will do. He then went back to Planet Oreo. When he got back, he said, uh-oh, I forgot the weapons. I know. I'll go to Jupiter. They have millions of weapons. So the six of them went to Jupiter to get the weapons. Ollie asked for weapons, and he got eight different kinds of weapons. <laughs> they went back to Planet Oreo and fought the monster. They won, and they put Planet Oreo back together. The end. <laughs> Carly and Lauren, ladies and gentlemen. From the Monkees and the Four Seasons to the New Kids on the Block, the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, for decades, boy bands have had a special kind of impact on young people. And when Terry was a teenager, she spent a lot of time thinking about one boy band in particular, a Canadian boy band. Are you familiar with the musical group known as the Moffats? That is more people than I expected. If you are unfamiliar with the Moffats, they were kind of Canada's Hanson. They were a brother-based boy group. Anyhow... Our next reader, Terry, is going to read something that she wrote when she was in grade 11. Is that right? Going into grade 11. These are some thoughts about the Moffats. Please welcome Terry to our stage. July 2nd, 1999. 11.28 p.m. Well, I'm now starting my seventh diary. Cool. I was thinking a lot today. I'm going into grade 11, and I'll still be dreaming up fantasies about meeting the Moffats. But I figure, why should it be a fantasy? I watched the Moffat tapes that I have, and I noticed that all of the girls screaming and crying and throwing their undergarments on the stage... I mean, what's so special about those guys? They're ordinary boys that are hot. But they're just ordinary boys. Sure, their job is awesome, but why don't classic guitarists or jazz pianists get the same glory as they do? People fall in love with their music. 
They don't love the Moffats. They like them because they're playing music that many people enjoy. It's weird, but I'm as guilty as any of those bra-throwing bimbos. <laughs> well, the Moffats I saw when I was little and they were performing country music. I didn't care much for their music then, but they were still cute. Scott especially. Uh, that's when I began liking them. But here's a good point. Take Marilyn Manson. <laughs> okay, he's satanic, weird, etc., etc. Why do people love him? Because of his music. You diss Marilyn Manson, you're dissing his music. Anyways, I do not love Scott Moffat. I am infatuated with him. <laughs> because I'll probably never get to meet him. He's very shy. And then in brackets, cover up for sexy. Dave Moffat has the same shoes as me. Cool or what? Anyway, see, there's my point. He's a regular kid and I think it's cool because he's got the same shoes as me. Give me a break. Well, good night. Thank you. Family road trips can be a great way to bond and spend time together. They can also be a huge source of drama. When Sierra was 11, her family went on a road trip from their home in Manitoba to the West Coast, Vancouver, British Columbia. And Sierra dutifully documented the entire trip in her travel journal. Please welcome Sierra to our stage. Destination, Vancouver. Time and date, 7.19 a.m. Sunday, August 20th. So far, we just left our house, and we're headed off to Brandon for breakfast at McDonald's. <laughs> Things I've accomplished. Learning how to spell the word accomplished. <laughs> Good ways to amuse yourself on a car ride. Listen to music, read, Sleep, write a story, knit, draw, play with any toys you brought or your hair, uh, look out the window. Scenery, I only see trees and fields of wheat, sunflowers, canola, and I just saw some geese. Destination, still Vancouver. <laughs> Time and date, 8.30 a.m., Sunday, August 20th. Right now, I am in Portage La Prairie. A few minutes ago, we stopped for a bathroom break, but we didn't go because the bathrooms were completely nasty and super disgusting. <laughs> Destination, again, Vancouver. Time and date, 10.29 a.m. Sunday, August 20th. We just finished breakfast at McDonald's. I ate a sausage and egg McMuffin with two hash browns and ketchup. It was yummy. Things I've accomplished. Managing to stuff down my breakfast and still have room for my sister's leftover pancake. <laughs> right now, we're headed back on the road for seven to eight hours until we get to the hotel in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Destination, once again, Vancouver. 
Time and date, 1.58 p.m. Sunday, August 20th. A little while ago, we saw a salt mountain. It was pretty amazing, seeing as we're in flat Saskatchewan. The only other thing you see here is wheat. Ooh, wheat. How amazing is that? But don't worry, because in four hours, I'll be in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Yippee! Destination, like always, Vancouver. <laughs> Time and date, 9.40 a.m., Monday, August 21st. Here's a list of the cool things I did yesterday. 5.55 p.m., <laughs> I saw the world's largest teepee in Medicine Hat. I went water sliding at the Travelodge, and I ate the best pizza in the world from Pizza 73. <laughs> Attention! 9.55, saw a plane that was really close to the ground. 10.23, spotted a fox. Destination, yes, still Vancouver. Time and date, 2.57 p.m., Monday, August 21st. Just before lunch, we saw three llamas and one antelope. We also went to climb and see the hoodoos. Destination, what do you think? Vancouver. Time and date, 9.30, Thursday, August 24th. Right now, we are in Kelowna at the Kelowna City Park and Kelowna Yacht Club. There is lots of stuff in the park. Things I saw. Big hotel. Lake Okanagan. Ogopogo monster. Fake. <laughs> lots of boats. I have a little comic here as well. I'll read it. It's very short. Uh, Bob and Joe go to Lake Okanagan. They decide to go fishing, but suddenly they catch something too heavy. It was the Ogopogo monster. Gasp. And then they die. <clears throat> we are here. Time and date, 4.15, Thursday, August 24th. Yes, we made it. Five days of traveling and we're finally here. This is where the fun begins. In this part of the, the vacation, you will be reading things like me being splashed by a beluga whale or climbing up a mountain. So buckle up and get ready to read the best part of my vacation. Thank you. Where were you going again? is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Park Theater in Winnipeg and produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. And our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. Now that you've heard Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids, why not watch too? We record video of our live shows and we post a brand new video every weekday on YouTube. Just search for grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. We also post those videos to Facebook. Again, just search for grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.